keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attached, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like too tight, too, Billy. And you book a match with me, that's right, Keelan. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome, everybody, to Total Effin' Marks. I'm your host, the King of Sad Style, the man with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain event. I'm here with the uh, three-time guest of this podcast. He's going to be my guest co-host for two weeks in a row. He's the Comedy Central Roast Battle champion. He's ridden on... Uh, a bunch of roasts. He's also writing on Pete Holmes's crashing. You know him as Mike, the rabid Wolverine Lawrence. It's time. It's time. It's Lawrence time. Uh, thank you. So, well, I guess we can just start off with that. Uh, yeah. Vader. More important. Yeah. Uh, Vader <laughs> did. Uh, unfortunately, I think we passed on Monday night. Um, Sixty-three. Yeah. I was not a WCW guy when he was, uh, you know, in his uh, big monster reign over there. But I remember always flipping back to WCW, and he was one of the guys that I was like, "Oh, that guy's cool." You know, it was like when I would see Cactus Jack. Those are the two people. Yeah, I had the opposite feeling when I saw uh, Alex Wright, the Wonder Con. But, <laughs> the um, one guy I never got as a kid who watched WWF uh, when I would look at WCW was Arn Anderson. I'm like, who's that plumber in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> What's my dad's friend who has problematic views on Jamaicans? Doing I was going to say dad's friend, but then I realized mine didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he will after the show. Yeah. Sweet Mike Orange's dad. Yeah. So Leon White. Yeah, great. I mean, one of the – I mean, people are arguing the best big man ever thing. I think – Work rate-wise, he totally is, and it's not even close. Yeah, I think there was a chance where Bam Bam Bigelow could have been. It depends. I mean, I think Undertaker would be if you consider him a big man because his matches later on um, when he well, started incorporating more offense are definitely, I think, better than Vader's. But Well, then super heavyweight, like 400 Super plus. heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would agree with that. Um, the guy could do some amazing stuff in the ring. I'm not really familiar with his Japanese history but apparently he was unreal there um wbf he's got kind of a botched run he didn't really do anything i'm a fat piece of shit <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's from that's his highlight from wbf that soundbite but wbf and wcw man i mean he was like the fucking you know flair was flair was you know flair was the heel but vader was you know one you know with a one b to flair you know to flair's one a you know i mean yeah so cold I think like every promotion needs like the the talkative asshole cowardly heel and you need the shit kicker heel and yeah, I mean he was great at that. I mean you ever watch the White Castle of Fear video? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah. the best. Like I mean that's the thing, it's like you look at him and in some ways like the presentation doesn't fully age well and that it's literally just a fat guy with a jock strap on his head. But then, you know, just the amount, I mean, the, you can't you can't understate the moonsault 
Like, I know Bam yeah. Bam was able to do it, too, but just, like, how stocky this guy was. Yeah. And then, like, po- popping his eye back in during a Stan I Hansen mean, match. It's incredible. <laughs> and, and he looked fucking scary, man. When you were a kid, that was the number one thing, like... Believability, it yeah. Was believability. He ran out of the ring, and he looked like he could... He, he was the fucking... You know, he, he he was the guy for them for a while. Huh? Yeah, if you're watching Yokozuna on WWF doing three moves and two of them are a nerve pinch, and yeah. then looking at WCW and looking at their monster heel and he's doing all that shit, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and he, a great working punch. Um, you know, it, was, it seemed like he was his whole run in WWF was snake bit, but... You know, and you made a great point on Instagram. I, I do think it's real bullshit that he wasn't inducted. In I think it's thing. disgusting. I yeah. think the WWE, um, you know, this was a case where the guy was like, I am dying in two years, which he <laughs> did. He, yeah. You know, um, that article came out in November of 2016. So, you know, um, that happened and they could have done it. Uh, I this Warrior Award that they do, I will shit on it a little bit, just in the sense that, and I think I did it on the last time I was here, but it is that Mike idea. D- hates disabled children. But it is. It's just a PR move. I'm, all I'm saying is those, like, they deserve recognition and awards. It's just a double standard to me when you have a company that has their own employees who are just as hurt and injured and things like that. I mean, the guy literally got these, this heart disease because of years of wrestling. Right. And I, that's part of why they don't honor people like that. I also think that Ultimate Warrior's induction and then death is a reason that they're very wary of um, giving it to uh, sick around. people. Sick people. Because if more than one <laughs> happens like that, then it looks like a you know somewhat accountability. I just think it's so sad. Like he really wanted it, you know. Like the guy had his faults. I mean, I've heard you know very stiff with like young boys, which <laughs> that's what they call him in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, yeah, the the craziness with reporters and all that, and then even you know his last claim of fame was the Will Osprey Ricochet match. Yeah. Where he got like really upset that this isn't wrestling and he hates what wrestling's become. Right. And then he wrestled Will Ospreay in his final match and went over. He beat yeah. Will Ospreay. <laughs> which, which says something about Will Ospreay that he was able to do that. Yeah. But I think like, but that, but everything you hear about him, read about him and see about him, like that's a guy who gave his whole life to this and. I mean, I do think in a lot of ways the Hall of Fame is a bullshit ceremony. It is now more about selling tickets than honoring the people that deserve to be in there in many ways. But but I do think it means something to the guys up there. Yeah, I, I do too. You know, it's like, well, every award ceremony is kind of bullshit. You know, I think the, you know, it's to sell fucking tickets. Like, and sometimes it's good. Even the Independent Spirit Awards or the Oscars or anything, it's good. You know, you recognize sometimes shows that don't have a huge viewership and, you get more eyeballs on him, but, you know, give the guy an award for Christ's sakes. Yeah, because now he's in, you know, before he was in that line of, like, former WCW headliners. And there weren't as many of them as there are dead people who should be recognized. Yeah. And I feel like once you're thrown in that pile, I mean, 
I know, you know, Earthquake's my guy, bam, bam, bam. Like, you know, there's all these dead wrestlers that they never want to give it to. There wasn't even a dead wrestler that got inducted on the last Hall of Fame. Because they know it's yeah. a downer, but it's also, they do deserve it. They do deserve it. Let's talk about another big, big man who's no longer with the company, Big Cass. Yeah. That's number two on our countdown. Uh, who, who was fired for the most <laughs> wrestling reason you could be fired. That was the best. As he apparently, I mean, the backstage rumor is that he was only supposed to give a little person one big boot, but then he... Went in for business uh, for himself. And... <laughs> Beat the shit out of a little person. I don't know about beat the shit. I mean, obviously, he didn't really hurt him. He threw, like, extra I punches. Think. Like, apparently what it was was that he he asked, like, the agent that he was supposed to ask. And they were like, no, I don't think you can yeah. do this. So then he went directly to Vince. Yeah. And he was like, hey, can I do this? And Vince was like, no, pal. I want to do it. No, you know, yeah, he, yeah, was yeah. Like, he was like, you can't do it, pal. Like, you can't get me hard during a show. So then he did it anyway. And it really says something about him personally, like, because it doesn't add anything like kicking him is enough. Well, it's also kind of like if you're this supposed to be this big monster and then you also have to punch out a little person. Yeah. It's like, what? what, what? Yeah. You know? Um, and then apparently he was like, you know, publicly intoxicated, you're being tour walk. Uh, I live in a glass house on that, so I can't really, <laughs> I, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah. And he was, don't worry, after, after he beat up the little guy who was, uh, three feet tall, that little guy became, uh, one of the NXT tag team champions. So <laughs> exactly. all is good in the world. <laughs> well, I know. And I think maybe, maybe there's even a rib of having Daniel Bryan go over so strong on him. Vince is like, oh yeah, you want to hit a little person? We're going to have our little person hit you. Yeah. Cause it does seem like theoretically big cast is everything. You know, we're told he's everything Vince wants in a wrestler. Yeah, right wing Republican. Yeah, <laughs> lives <Huge>. in Tampa. <laughs> That's and two apparently his political views picked piss people off backstage. If 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 you have a Hall of Fame ceremony where somebody talks about body slamming Democrats and both AJ Styles and Kurt Angle are clapping and laughing in the audience, and your political views are considered too far right, <laughs> when you have uh, the wife of the CEO of the company who is in the Trump administration. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, did he call ice on Kalisto? Like, what the hell happened? I think he should have gotten Stephen Miller as his manager. That would have been, <laughs> that I just, been an ultimate heel seeker. I just think it's too, like, him and Enzo, it's so funny that their characters were these, like, you know, New Jersey, like, Long Island douchebags. And they were really great at them. But then everything in real life made you realize, oh, they're not characters. <laughs> they're not characters. That's who these guys yeah, Carmel are. Carmel is from Massachusetts, and you can tell. Um, number uh, three, well, I guess we'll jump to uh, the Money in the Bank highlights. Uh, I saw the show. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a really good show. Now, I will say this. I was asleep for all the bad parts. Yeah. So, like, I kind of slept <laughs> through the top part. I saw the Seth Rollins Eli Elias match. I was kind of unimpressed with it. Uh, I wanted to like it more. I thought the Money in the Bank, fe the female match was was awesome. I thought Ra Ronda Rousey can fucking wrestle. If anyone, I mean, it's the best Nia Jax match I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I wish they just gave her a mouthpiece because she still can't really talk. No. But, but goddamn, is she a good wrestler? Yeah. Man. I've never seen. I mean, it's it's Kurt Angle it, it, to make to. Ma I've never seen a Nia Jax match. Uh, look that good? I really don't think so. You know, maybe she hasn't wrestled the right person, but 
You know, even that Fatal 4-Way at WrestleMania, I think it was like 32, maybe it was 33. There just hasn't been a match like that. Uh, I think some of it is that I feel like who's ever agenting or coaching like all the women's matches, like I think someone else is doing Ronda stuff, or yeah. at least it feels different, you know? Yeah. Like, I think the thing that made that match better than a lot of just Nia matches is that the timing, like the pacing of it, like... You know, Ronda was really good at selling her stuff, and the right. hope spots meant something, whereas they're just conditioned to have the same match on Raw every week, and it no longer feels meaningful. But the way that, like, Ronda sold it was great. I just, yeah, I, I thought that that pay-per-view, I, I thought it was one of the best ones. I thought it was better than Mania in, in a lot of ways. Like, it didn't, you know, obviously didn't drag as much, but... They really do have to fix the pacing of these shows. It's um, just too it's just too much wrestling. Four and a half. It's just yeah. They should be three hours. You could have yeah. easily the the Sami Zayn Bobby Lashley match as as good as the build was. Um, you easily <laughs> could have cut. Um, even I mean the Daniel Bryan big cast match like it's amazing that Daniel Bryan was able to get that good of a match out of him. But at the same time. It was a SmackDown match, and even yeah, even Seth Rollins versus Elias felt like a SmackDown main. I mean, a, a Raw, Raw main event. Up. Yeah, so it just doesn't. It's just bloated. Well, you know, I, I, I you know, Seth Rollins uh, has done such incredible work this year. I still don't really totally get the character yet, but you know, he is uh, he's phenomenal in the ring and could tell a great story. Um, I thought the Money in the Bank match itself was great. Um, you know, I th- I I kind of thought either J- I-, I thought Joe was going to go over uh, or Miz, but um, I think it's interesting with Braun. I think that you know people were saying you know now SummerSlam is going to be like a triple threat between Roman, Brock, and Braun, which you know I, you know I think it's uh, I-, I actually in the beginning I was against that because I was like well, why does Roman have to be there? But I-, I I'm actually into that now because I think it's like to have the disappointment of Roman winning um, at this uh, at this next Extreme Rules pay per view. Or I forget even which one it is. Or TLC. I think it's Extreme Rules. They, they're all next the ones the Extreme Rules. Yeah, yeah. I, I think having Roman go over and having the disappointment of everybody being like, "Ah, fuck!" Is it going to be Roman and Lesnar? And then having Braun like cash, uh, cash in. You know, like yeah. right before the match starts at Bark. I think they should hold off and and do it like right before the match starts. But they may need to do it beforehand just to get more asses in the seats. Yeah, he should not be a guy who runs in though. That's not Braun. No, no, no. He needs to be there in the beginning of the match. Yeah. He shouldn't yeah, he should not be in the middle of the match. He should not sneak away. He should be like, "Hey, this is my fucking time. Let's yeah. do this." I also love the uh the the 30-day suspension of Ronda Rousey as if like she ever wrestles on Raw anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. "Oh, so I don't have to come till SummerSlam." Thank well, you. Well, you know, it's also like like people the reason they're like, "Oh, they resent Brock." Nobody resents Brock that he's there not there that much. People resent Brock because his character has been stale. People And his matches are very stale. And his matches have been, been, been stale unless it's like a four-way or or uh, somebody that he really wants to help look good. They have been kind of stale. Um, he's with some exceptions. I thought his WrestleMania 31 match with uh, with Roman Reigns is great, and I, I thought some of but the, the Braun match Punk was terrible. Was great. Yeah. Um, the Braun match was terrible, but I, I think having you know, and I, and I, and then fuck man, have Braun like run through some big guys, have to turn Bobby Lashley heel, have what's his name, that guy who, Lars Sullivan come in, have Braun run through a couple people, or have like. 
you know, some sort of angle where it's uh, setting up uh, Kurt Angle as a heel, you know, and, and put that just put the strap on Angle because I think you could really try to. I, I wouldn't go in the direction of Seth versus versus Angle. If anything, I would try to bring Seth to SmackDown um, and maybe win a title there um, because I don't I don't understand who would be really the heel in that unless you want to make Seth a chicken shit heel again, which I wouldn't really get. Um, or you have Braun and Roman again at WrestleMania, and like you know, you have some type of screwjob finish where Braun wins at SummerSlam, and then Roman wins it right back from him, and it's Braun chasing Roman and make Roman a heel. Um, I mean, a few things. Roman should just be done. He's done. Yeah. I don't want to see him anywhere near the main event. I mean, one of the big stories out of Money in the Bank is like, you know, Charles Robinson, uh, the referee, pointed like how disrespectful and rude that crowd was, but it also. They only did it during that match. Like, they just, you know, and yeah. putting him with gender was trolling the audience. Like, you yeah. know, they're doing him no, no I, favors. You know, sometimes those Mondays after WrestleMania crowds, like the first time they did it in 29, it was fun. And then afterwards, it just kind of became like just a troll party. You yeah, know? but Chicago is that crowd, you know. Yeah. But they also get people over. Like, they're the most loyal fans. Um, and I think that. They were right. This match, it doesn't even matter if the match was good or not. It's just not what people want. It's mm-hmm. a waste of time. And the fact that he keeps sniffing around the main event, just get him out of there for yeah. a good while. I think that he should have been in the fucking ladder match. Have him do a few spots. There'd be heat, a lot more heat for the ladder match, having a guy in there that people do feel that negatively about i mean you gotta say he does get a reaction um uh but giving 15 minutes of dead weight of him and gender help nobody and and the big problem with brock is that brock feuds don't work because the other guy has to do all of the work yeah and then when they lose there's no rub like samoa joe and and braun and even aj it's like they have to do all the, most of the talking and the fucking heavy lifting. And I mean, Heyman's there and Heyman's my favorite person in pro wrestling and I'm sick of him. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't have any new material. And, um, well, then he also is like, I think that's the argument of why Bobby, the brain is ultimately a better manager than Heyman. And is it Heyman is that, uh, he's, you know, like, you know, Heyman works with really good people, but like when you give him somebody who's not great, it just doesn't work, you know. He works with Brock, he works with CM Punk, but yeah, he doesn't really put over guys that aren't already put over, you know. Yeah, but the thing with yeah, but with a Brock feud, it's like he pins you with one F five unless you're Roman, and then it's like you, the other guy doesn't even talk about it the next day, like it didn't happen, and all he's been doing is talking about it for five weeks in a row, <laughs> so it just doesn't. I mean, I, I think that he's done. I I think. Roman's done, you know. I I don't think Braun is the future, but I think Braun is the immediate future. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, let's go on to SmackDown. SmackDown and Raw were both really great this week. Uh, the, the, the SmackDown, the gauntlet matches, you know, the one they had in January with Rollins and then this one they had with Brian. I mean, you know, that if you want to talk about how to book a wrestling match, that Samoa Joe-Daniel Bryan match was, like, fucking perfect. The Big E stuff was great, too. Yeah. Biggie stuff was a good match. It was a little weird to put him against the face, um, but you know to see to see uh, how Daniel B- Bryan beat Samoa Joe and got in the ring, it was like was awesome. It was like, yeah. oh, this is uh, 
you protected both guys. Uh, Samoa Joe still looks like a threat. And he didn't lose by being an idiot either. It was just a very inventive way for Brian to get out of the situation. Um, and then the Bludgeon Brothers come in, who I just can't buy. They look like Luke characters Harper, from Small Soldiers. Like, they're so lame. <laughs> I love Luke Harper. He's um, good, but he just... And Rowan's gotten a lot better. It's just those outfits are just rough, man. Yeah, there is something. This is a, a really sad criticism. There is, I do think, like in the ring, Luke Harper is great. I think that his look is too manicured for how wild he's supposed to be. Yeah, it's like he feels. It feels like he I don't puts know, too man. much thought into it. He looks. He looks like a fucking Winter's Bone character. I mean, he's still. It looks too curated for me. Yeah, I don't know. That's just a thought. These are all just thoughts. Yeah. Uh, you, um, mind. And then, yeah, so now it's Rusev against AJ. Which, again, I don't understand totally, except for if they're building for a Rusev versus Aiden English feud, because there's no way that Rusev, does Rusev go over? I don't understand. I don't think so, but I, I, one, I think it'll be a great match. Two, the guy deserves something. I mean, he's one of the best. Uh, doesn't seem like a good person on Total Divas, which I watched with Adina. Yeah, but all reality TV is bullshit. But yeah, no, there's some guys that come off like Daniel Bryan comes off really likable on there. Yeah. Rusev comes off very controlling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't watch Total's Divas, but um, apparently my, my girlfriend does, and she says that uh, you know Daniel Bryan's the best, and John Cena comes off as a dick. And John Cena is the worst on it, where he's like, I just don't find it in my purview to continue this engagement like everything is a press conference it's very odd <laughs> you they're, they're probably setting that up though i mean if there's anybody who's better at work than anybody it's john cena yeah the miss uh, comes off likable oh he does i haven't yeah. seen miz and maurice yet yeah they're good on the show that like they just had the whole the chief's finding out she's pregnant storyline and stuff and awesome yeah <laughs> yeah and i mean the slow build of him and Daniel Bryan, I think, has been great. Not giving you too much, but letting you know it's there. Having him be the one that gets the pin. And I even think having you know the Bludgeon Brothers in the tag picture is kind of boring to me. Because you know what those matches are going to be. But having them as the you know um, mid-bosses to get to Miz's final boss, I think is a cool thing. Yeah, well, now they don't have big cast anymore, so they have to do something. Um, the thing about Daniel Bryan, he's just, he's just so great that he can, I mean, he can work with anybody, you know? I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, even if you want a sidebar and you don't want to do Miz yet and you want to do um, Daniel Bryan and Sanity or something like that, he's one of the few guys you can beat a bunch of times and uh, he'll still be over. There's there's no way. He brought Pete cleanly by Rusev and was still fucking over. Yeah. There's no way to get that guy not over. You know, I would have him in a feud with Almas when Almas eventually is actually there. Yeah. Well, Almas is probably going to be the guy who takes the strap from Hardy. Unless they do um, Nakamura, which I think they should give him fucking something. I mean, Nakamura is another guy where it's just like... Losing that many times, I, I, and yeah. then just immediately being—I know that's pro wrestling, but they really ruined. I mean, can we talk about this AJ Knock feud? Is it not one of the worst feuds with the two best people in a long time? I think it may be the worst feud with the two best people in a long time that are in their prime. 
You know, I, I don't I, think knock is anymore. I, it's a thing that a lot. I, I'm not a big New Japan guy, but a lot of people who are fans say that he's just phoning it in. He may be. It also the schedule's a lot tougher, and and I also think that. You know, I love New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I'm excited. You know, I'm you know I subscribe to their fucking you know version of the WWE Network. But <coughs> New Japan fans, they don't need a lot of story to build. They really don't. You know, no. they just want a really good match. And like, and they and then I think that they kind of thought that that was going to happen with AJ and Nakamura at WrestleMania. And then this last match of Monday Big was really fucking good, uh, but unfortunately, it was too little, too late. It was too little, too late. But it was really good, you know. And it, it, it's kind of unfortunate for both guys because, you know, like especially AJ, you could tell he put in a ton of work in that match. I mean, sort of Nakamura, but and having the only one he wins be the non-title one, it just doesn't make it. It just doesn't it make really any just. Sense. I think it really uh, hurt the character, and it's, I mean, you know, him and Jeff Hardy, that's fun, but it's, it is, like, I don't fully believe that wins and losses always matter, but when someone loses that much, I mean, I, I mean, look at their, their women's division on SmackDown is a disaster to me, like. I like Carmella a lot. I, I find, I mean. Rarely is a match unlistenable. Um, it's, it's just I think she's great. Screams too much, but like, but it's also like, let's look at WrestleMania. You had Charlotte and Oscar, who were both dominant. I know Charlotte had lost a bunch previously, but they protected her enough into the build, and you were excited. You know, Oscar had this long ass streak. Oscar loses the streak, then Charlotte in a, in a good match, yeah, in a great match, yeah. Then Charlotte. Um, Loses the money in the bank cash and whatever, that's fine. Then loses again. Uh, one match and that's it. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, you know, in 10 minutes, which should not have been that competitive. And then Asuka just staring, like, what was that? Like, I love that Ellsworth is back because he's me if I was a wrestler. But, I mean... What's the what? Why would she get that freaked out that she completely stops? Yeah. What was the point of that other than Asians are mystified by weird things? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean that that was. I mean that was. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, but for how long know, it was? was. Kinda, it, for how long it was, it was weird. But it was kind of fun to sell see James Ellsworth take off that mask and. Yeah, I don't know. I was a fan of it. Um. On to Raw, new Intercontinental Champion, Dolph Ziggler, uh, with the help of Drew McIntyre. Um, this is interesting. They're kind of setting up a Michaels-Diesel sort of yeah. IC feud with Seth. I mean, Ziggler is, you know, the king of, like, you know, he's almost like the um, Sasha Banks where you put the strap on him and then you immediately take it off him, which I could see happening. Seth Rollins then beating Ziggler and then Drew McIntyre beating Seth. And then um, I think Seth is on to bigger things. I think it was just a way to get the this belt off of him and, and, and see where he goes next. I mean, he's too valuable. Yeah. But we, Drew McIntyre, I'm really excited. Drew McIntyre, I will get Drew McIntyre. I was about to say this. He's everything that that company wants Roman Reigns to be, you know? <coughs> um, his matches are... Except foreign. Except foreign. <laughs> except foreign. That's it's, true. It's WWE. Look what, look what they look what they do to their two Japanese people. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is true. Yeah. McMahon, you got to get over Pearl Harbor at some yeah. point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, NXT TakeOver review. Um, 
It was uh, it was a great takeover. I thought again. I uh, again I didn't see all of it, but um, I thought the uh, Velveteen Dream match, the Ricochet was awesome. That guy's a star, Velveteen. They both are, I think. Um, I but think I one's think one's like that, a Rey Mysterio, and the yeah. other one is more of a you know his own thing. Velveteen Dream's his own fucking thing. Yeah, Ricochet will be there forever or until he dies suddenly in the ring. But Velveteen, like, is just I think. I am a promo guy. I am a personality guy. I work rate doesn't impress me as much as if you connect with me. And I, I think Velveteen's got all of it. Yeah. And then um, the Gargano Ciampa match, fucking awesome. Ciampa's great, man. I, somebody had said this: if he was just a couple inches taller, he would be the best heel in pro wrestling. Um, yeah, I. That's the thing. Like, I can't really get into new. Japan matches like and and I wish I could. It's just watching a seventy minute match by myself just does not seem fun. I know it's seven mm-hmm. stars and it's amazing, um, but I can watch Champa Gargano alone and be totally invested. I, th- dude, throw in the guy's wedding ring. It's, that's a fucking awesome spot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, What's, well, we did Vader. We did NXT. Ring of Honor at, at Madison Square Garden is not happening. Um, I guess Ring of Honor is now suing different people involved or thinking of bringing lawsuits. I really don't know technically what's going on there. Um, I think I, that's a personal attack to Vince is how Vince would see it. Like, that's, you know, his grandfather and then his father. I guess, but it's like once you start, like, doing stuff at Barclays and Giant Stadium, what, what are you supposed to do, dude? I'm not... I'm not defending it. Like, I could see where Vince is coming from. Like, the way his petty mind thinks, oh, that's my turf. I mean, it's funny. Yeah, they never – we saw – I think me me and you may have seen, like, the last Raw that was there because now they only do house shows. They do, like, yeah, these Christmas shows. Yeah, and- there's no pay-per-views or anything. So, yeah, it's like you're not really using it, guys. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it'd be kind of fun, you know, have like a old school MSG pay per view. That would be that would be a real fun thing to do. But there, there's no way that like, you know, like if you if you, the thing is, New York is such a big market. It's hard to do a pay per view there. And even NXT Takeover is a big market. It's hard to do a pay per view there. But it is such a fuck you to New Jersey. Yeah, this is the second time they're doing this, uh-uh. where WrestleMania is clearly in New Jersey. But everything is New York advertised. <laughs> well, hopefully Ring of Honor, they just go to Continental Airlines Arena or someplace around Jersey where they can... I mean, that play, it would sell out. Yeah. You know, it would sell out. Especially if they did like a, a Ring of Honor New Japan type show, which they kind of already do anyway. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't truly believe that there is a, a, an active competitor to Vince, you know? Uh, and, and I don't think there will be, at least in our lifetimes but with all it's funny that like they they put linda mcmahon as like the head of small business and they they squashed every small business they (laughs) i know (laughs) but you know with all in and stuff like that there are definitely alternatives i mean you know in in a lot of ways like wrestling is the best it's ever been it really is yeah, I mean, it's not the hottest it's ever been, but yeah. it's, it's the best. You can get whatever the fuck you want. And there's, want. like, seven people that can talk into a microphone doing it now. And, but I mean, otherwise... WWE, like, is desperately, desperately trying to get Kenny Omega over, like, you to, to switch brand. I mean, you can just tell, like, promoting a New Day video game feud. I mean, I think that's the, that's the closest you're going to see to an olive branch being extended. And 
Unless it was the time, like, Triple H sa- stood in front of Bruno San Martino's house with a stereo over his head playing yeah. Peter Gabriel. I mean, having the Young Bucks in that video when they sent cease and, disorder, uh, cease and desist orders to them, I mean. Yeah, the other thing, uh, the, the Ronda beatdown, um, I know me and you have talked about this before, but you, you can't overstate. How not good Kurt Angle is on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I just, just disappoint you every great. time. I, I know. It just doesn't work. I think it's, you know, his body's taken a lot of heat. I th- his voice has changed a little bit for whatever reason. Um, it's so stilted. It's and uh, But I do think that having Alexa Bliss be the one in uh, a big feud with Ronda. I mean, I think Alexa's the only great woman's promo in the company yeah she's i don't i don't maybe maybe you're right she's great she's a great fucking promo and i mean i like carmella she's one of the best promos in the company all together carmella i just i i just don't find entertaining and i get there's a place for for that type of character it's just uh it's not my thing Number eight, wrestling trademarks. Uh, I don't know why I brought this up this week, but I think this is something you and I have talked about. But Dave Meltzer, he was just talking about, I don't know, it being possible in the future. But, yeah, I mean, what's your feeling on that? Do you think wrestlers should be able to use their trademark when they leave? I mean, it's it's interesting because I always – I kind of come from the school of, like – I don't know, man. I don't know where I. I think I think you, I think you should be allowed to. Maybe this is like, but you have to. If you use the trademark that WWE came up for with for you, you should maybe have to give a percentage. Um, yeah. But I, but I also understand the humanity aspect of it, where it's like, well, these people aren't going to be known unless they're known by the character you gave them. Having said that, you know, if like. You know, I I get it if like a character from The Walking Dead shows up. In you know, uh, in episode of fucking Game of Thrones, there's going to be some trademark problems. Um, and if the actor's like, "Well, this is the only thing I'm known for," you, you can have an argument. But wrestling isn't like that. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of split. What what's your opinion? I think that um, it's really complicated because of the whole independent contractor thing. Like if they were employees with all the benefits of an employee i'd be a little more sympathetic on the wwe side of you know you were working for us as a full-time employee when we gave you this but they are independent contractors who don't get health insurance so and that's also like you know, and we're performers right. so i think we always are gonna lean a little to the performer side of things like yeah i i, I know that i do uh i mean i get yeah, if they give you your biggest gimmick, like that, and that is, you know, those writers came up with. But also, the writers get no royalties on the shit. Yeah, like if you're the guy who creates, if you pitch the name, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, like people always the the big one they always say is right that Howard Finkel came up with the name WrestleMania. Right? Has he seen a cent from that? I, I mean, now, know. did he get to keep his job because the company succeeded yeah, but, because you know, WrestleMania I, was a success? I, I, I don't know because you, it's all it's all different in wrestling, too. I mean, like, you can come up with, and I'm sure, I'm sure we both had, where I'm, you know, I, on a, you know, a show I've written for, I, um, you know, in the past, I came up with a bigger thing, and it's not like I got royalties, you know, like, 
yeah. with that. You know, it's it's like I was a hired contractor, and of course you get episode credits, and you know they're very generous. But I don't know. It's it's it, 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 it's interesting. Um, it is, yeah. It is. It is tough sometimes as a wrestling fan to try to look at like everything. You know, open mind and even keel. Like I always think about like Vince Russo. How you know you're just supposed to hate the guy, and I get it, bro. Uh, there's yeah. a lot to hate there. Um, yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, when you hear the reason he quit WWF, it makes a hundred percent sense. A hundred percent sense, and uh, and also like <laughs> like, and nobody ever talks about that part of it. Like you know the fact that. They were starting a new two-hour show that they wanted him to write in addition to the two hours of Raw and not get paid extra for that. And when he said that he couldn't see his family, Vince was like, hire a nanny? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a little nuts. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, it, it's interesting. Like, I see more of WWE's perspective. Like, if you're going after the Young Bucks because they're doing too sweet and NWO, to, I see like, hey, fuck you, that was ours first, you know. Like, but I, if Coco Beware, well, wants technically to, it was WCW's first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if, if Coco but Beware wants to use his name in a in a high school in fucking Connecticut, then let him use his name. That's it. Kind of becomes a like. Part of a more of a matter of a heart, the heart for me. Yeah, it is weird because it doesn't seem like Vince in any way is threatened by like uh, you know an Impact Wrestling, but you know like you know large you know Big Cass will be Large Jeff <laughs> in a couple <laughs> weeks. I would pay to see Large Jeff. Yeah. Uh, number nine. Back to wrestling reality. John Cena announcing it a vasectomy on Total Divas, and now he may get it untied or something like this is becoming like a katie vick storyline i don't know really much about total divas i just kind of yeah. read that excerpt i'm like this is fucking I, it almost feels like that move of like oh shit we made like probably the bad sitcom move of them breaking up and now we're trying to put that together and then put like more drama into it yeah i mean he I probably think, did get a vasectomy yeah i but, think a lot of this is a work i mean just the engagement and then the breaking off and getting back together and all that stuff i think a lot of that's a work bro but uh, the vasectomy thing is interesting because usually when you get a vasectomy, it's it's often people that already have kids and then just don't want more kids. Yeah. Right? Well, so, so what they, is John Cena yeah. trying to tell us? Well, I think American Splendor, that guy who Harvey Pekar had a vasectomy too. That's one of the funniest parts of the movie. He goes, hey, before we start dating, I had a vasectomy. <laughs> uh, like, I just want to stop anything else from happening. Number 10, our final topic. Will Shawn Michaels wrestle again? He hinted that he may last week, although he hinted it. He goes, oh, maybe part of a tag match where I do a couple crotch chops, which is something bored again Christians say. Uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of bizarre to me. Like, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, I used to be for him coming back for one match with AJ Styles, but now I almost look at, like, well, AJ doesn't really need the championship more. He's more of the Shawn Michaels of wrestling. And seeing him at Raw 50th, I'm like... Michaels is old now, man. Oh, 25, yeah, Rod 25, yeah. Yeah, and, and because he's not, he's not like trying to be a pretty boy, like Flair always tried to keep up appearances, even though his appearance was always kind of like a chubby guy who pretended to be a good looking guy. Like Michaels just now has become the Wilderness Network, the w Wilderness Network or Sports and Gaming Network. He's just become that like McMillan Adventures fucking host more than a professional wrestler and it's weird it's also weird to see a guy balding up front and then having a ponytail in the back you know yeah 
like and expect to take him seriously, you know? I think he finally got a haircut and then just looked like a different type of soccer mom. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's interesting with Michael's you know like a great comeback that that isn't mentioned a lot because it was a good story was the you know Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania yeah. 25 with Jericho because it wasn't so much like I'm back and wrestling a bunch it was the specific story and yeah. he did better than I I think seeing Michael's in a spot like that might be good um I don't know but on the other hand it but there Ricky is something. Steamboat didn't have a retirement match in WWE. No, no, he so did it's not. a whole different. That's true. I I do think there is something. I did respect Michaels because it's been eight years now of like I'm out and then he's been out. But I mean, I think that those dudes like it's just the the fandom and the adulation and the loneliness of being home with. Your wife and children. <laughs> I don't know. It does but seem it like isn't he's the happy same about as that. neckbeards. Like, yeah, I do think he's happy about that. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I hope so. Um, but I think that still, like that feeling of being in the ring. I mean, look, me and you talk about not doing stand up for a while, but then, like, if we have one good set, like after three months of like or not doing it yeah. much, there's that, and I, I, I don't know how much. That goes away. And I think with him, you know, here's the thing about Shawn Michaels, right? Like, he was the best performer, you know, in WWE for many years. But it just, this is just in ring. The bar has significantly raised. There was like one Shawn Michaels and one Bret Hart back then, and a few other good opponents, but now. The amount of like amazing wrestlers they have, not just in this company, yeah, but, but in I the think world. That, like some of those guys could carry him. No, I know, but I'm saying from his sensibility of like, can I hang? I bet I could hang. I want to see if I can hang. I think if you put him in like a Ric Flair spot where he's telling more of a story than he is doing the razzle dazzle, yeah. And uh, even if you build him up like a like I don't know if I can do these flips anymore, and then if he does one or two instead of ten like he normally did. People are gonna go ape shit. He's still in. He's still in good shape, you know. Like even though his face looks fucking old as shit. Like yeah. I think I think Daniel Bryan's the match to have. I think the story's yeah. right there. He trained him, and the idea that yeah, you're right. I was sad when you retired, but there was a part of me that was like, now I'll never know if I could beat him. But now you're back, and guess what? So am I. Also, the last time like he made Michaels tap back in that storyline, so. That would make sense. I, you know, of course, people would go ape shit, and people would be like, "Oh, retirement." No re- self-respecting wrestling fan would turn be- their back on a fucking Daniel Bryan, Shawn Michaels match. And the thing too is that, you know, him coming back after this much time, in most instances, he would be the default babyface. But he is such a natural prick. Even to this day, <laughs> he is such like a pure heel. I don't know. I think there's still that sarcasm that he gets in there and stuff. There's there's parts of him like I oh, know he would definitely be the heel versus Daniel Bryan. That's I don't what I'm saying. He's be... one of the, and I think he's one of the only people that could work against. Yeah, because people would not give him the legend pop, and then you could even have like a like a shake hands thing in the middle of the match. But yeah, that would be a, that would be a WrestleMania moment if you would. Yeah, you know, let's be honest. All this time he's like, no, but I found Jesus and everything's great. And then the second he's in the ring, he's like, 
So you want me to give two super kicks to Brie Bella? <laughs> or three? <laughs> and I shouldn't her bag? I shouldn't her bag. <laughs> and we'll weave, we'll weave the podcast on that. If you want Mike Lawrence to shit in your bag, Mike, where can we see you? <laughs> At the Mike Lawrence Comedy. Uh, you know, uh, my oh yeah, MikeLawrenceComedy.com is is my uh, website. Yeah, the Mike the Mike Lawrence is my Twitter, and um, yeah, Crashing Season Three should be out sometime next year, and my album um, Mega Man Child should be out uh, by the end of this year with my second uh, half hour uh, Comedy Central special. Well, that's awesome. Um, my album is going to be coming out on August tenth. Um, no real winners here. I'm also going to be on the tour. <clears throat> to promote that album, I'm doing a show, show at Union Hall on August 1st. I'm uh, then going to be at, uh, and I, I don't know which date for which date, go on my website, dancedatermain.net for that, but I'm going to be doing the DC Draft House, the Philadelphia Punchline. I'm going to be doing, um, I believe, Autos in Baltimore. I'll be doing um, the uh, uh, this F- Frederick Seller. I forget what the friggin' name is. I'm sorry. I'll be doing Laugh Boston. I'm doing another show in Massachusetts. Um, so check that out. Check out the break on Netflix. I write for that show. Um, and subscribe to this podcast. So thank, thank you, Mike. Thank you for being on. Thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it.